I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Shade, the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire Podcast Network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports, or shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 86, recording on December 6, 2022. Just another week in the NFL with news, injuries, uh, so much to talk about um, that we got to get to that. Uh, reactions to the college football playoff being set. Uh, and the World Cup is into the quarterfinal with the U.S. out. For more, you can follow us at DSE Podcast on Twitter. So let's get right into it. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman. Alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who maybe doesn't want to talk as much Jets this week. Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. Oh, man. I, I'll still talk. I mean, it's very rare that you <clears throat> you outgain your, your opponent by 200 yards and lose the game. Um I, I'm willing to chalk that up to some flukiness and think that they're still on the right on the right track because they uh, let's see they outgained uh, 486 to 287 they they allowed under 300 yards of total offense um, the the big star right uh, Jeffers Justin Jefferson had 45 yards I mean I'm taking my chances in in that scenario. Uh, 10 times out of 10. I, I like the way that the team played. Uh, you know, it didn't didn't come out the way the way that uh, I wanted to. I got to watch most of it and, um, you know, keep rolling with Mike White. I think they have a real good chance um, against Buffalo this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think even if they had went two for six on touchdowns in the red zone, sure. which is not very good, they would have won, right? The one for six is 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 the you know what got them uh they got it you know obviously they moved the ball 480 yards so they got it down there and just you know um it, it was convert. a comedy of errors everything that could go wrong did 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 go wrong from a dropped catch in the end zone to Garrett Wilson slipping on a fade to him Garrett Wilson stepping out of bounds by an inch uh at the 11 um Corey Davis not, you know, catching a ball and having a clear lane and he he gets caught, you know, like just everything that went wrong or, or Mike White missing a wide open um, Elijah Moore on the last drive on third and 10, he connects, they got first and goal from the four and you'd like to think that they, they get four chances, you know? Um, so like I said, I, I, I take my chances when your team plays with the, the outcome of those statistics. Um, so, you know, just learn from it and and go now. Go beat Buffalo. That's going to be – I think it's the biggest game, you know, could arguably be the biggest game of the weekend. Yeah, and uh, Berrios dropped that yeah. uh, touchdown. That's one, on yes. fourth down as well. Right. Uh, hit him right in the chest, and he uh, – you know, it was a tough catch, but, you know, one you'd, you'd think that they'd be able to make going to the ground there. But, you know, um, like the, the big difference, though, and I know we have other things to talk about besides the Jets. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Is, Go ahead. I don't know if you 
followed as closely as I did what everyone's react, like everyone in the locker room's reaction was. Mike White said, I got to do a better job putting the ball in front of him. Barrio says, I, there's, you know, I have to catch that ball. Like it, it's just, it's on me. The accountability factor is now through the roof and everybody seems to want to play for one another. Um, you know, the comments keep coming out that are like not about Zach Wilson, but they're about Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. you know, uh, but so it's, it's, it's clear what, the team needs to do moving forward. Keep, keep, keep with Mike white. Yep. And I, I think you're right. All, all the quotes are like, you know, uh, all in with him. The guys want to play for him. So, um, you know, I think Mike white has shown the ability to have a good game, but also not have a very good game. This one was an okay game. Yeah. So we'll see against a tough Buffalo defense. If he has kind of the progression that we've seen in the past with him which is turns into like a really bad game right um, this will be a big test oh, for sure a big test absolutely all right so let's i guess talk about the on the field games first and then we can talk about the off the field stuff sure um so the biggest game of the week i guess was chiefs Bengals. uh the Bengals beat the chiefs again for the third time in this calendar year once in january once in the playoffs and once here um I guess, do you think that this was a fluke, this game? I mean, the Bengals, to me, look like they're playing really well. Yeah. Um, I, after after ruining my uh, survivor in the first week. but Yeah, let, we, we got to let that go. That's 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 in the past, <laughs> Jeff. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, we, we did our tiers last week, and I think we both had, we said that the Bengals were, like, in the second, the, you know, not quite elite teams. I think yep. that they're that, that win demonstrates that they're among the elite and they can make an argument <clears throat> for being the best team in the league. Um, so I think that that win absolutely matters. I think it's going to matter. Uh, it, it could matter for, you know, these teams are so packed, packed so closely together that, any win against another playoff opponent could mean the difference between being the number one seed and having a home field advantage throughout the playoffs and having that buy or being uh, on the road in, um, in the wild card round. So th- I think that's an absolutely huge win. And it, it it's uh it's a big statement for the Bengals. I don't think it's a fluke at all. I completely agree. I, I think they're, they're playing great. Jamar chase gets back and, all of a sudden they are, you know, looking like uh really unstoppable offense. Joe Burrow is like, you know, the quarterback that you want always going to bring you back and their defense looks serviceable. And that's really all, all that they need. Um, uh, containing, so to speak, a, a Kansas city team yeah. is, is a big deal, even though, you know, the game probably turned on a turnover by Travis Kelsey. Um, but still, you know, they were in it the whole way and, they were probably going to come back again, you know, if, if they needed to. So um, I say, I say watch out for them because um, all, all of the, um, oh geez, I forgot. I still had my AirPod in and I was talking and Siri started talking to me. Oh, well, that was very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it was very confusing. Uh, I changed Siri to be a, a New Zealand uh, accent. I so love it's, it. It's it's always very exciting when, when uh, she decides to talk to me. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so 
also on the field injury wise. Um, we also got uh, an injury to Lamar Jackson, right? Talking about shaking up the AFC here. Yep. Um, Lamar Jackson out for what appears to be like one to three yeah. weeks. It's very unclear they're, they're how much he's definitely out shady. this week. Yeah. I'm being pretty shady with it. Definitely out this week. Um, Huntley did not look good in in relief, um, but has had at least one good game before. Yeah. Uh, however. I guess, for my my opinion, their whole offense is built around Lamar Jackson, and without him, uh, you see what happens. They score ten points. Um, does this does this change the playoff picture for you? Um, well, go back to you know they're they currently hold the tiebreaker over the Bengals for that division. So any any amount of time that Lamar is out, and the team may not. Uh, may not win is a way for the Bengals to gain separation. Not to mention the they're eight and four, and the the Jets are seven and five. That's the um, what do you call it? That's the seven spot. And then right on their heels are six and six, the Patriots and and uh, and the Chargers. And then behind them, we never thought we'd say this, but the Raiders now. Are are in the in the hunt or sniffing around as they said in the game last right. night. So yeah, any any every any and every game matters. Like we keep on saying, or we keep. I, I feel like we kept on thinking maybe ten wins would get you in. I don't know. I don't know if that does anymore. I think there could be multiple ten win teams, and the tiebreakers could very easily kick in here. So you know, depending on how long Lamar is out, ugh, man, it, one one loss at this stage can be the difference right and and if you're the ravens and you lose a game and the Bengals win and the Bengals jump up to three you jump down to five to six to seven like then then you're in there then you're in a dogfight for those last three spots there where one game a tiebreaker you know um we start getting into some crazy tiebreakers i'm sure could make a really big difference um so that that yeah it's very precarious for everyone um, that, that has seven or eight wins. Um, so, you know, that, that injury makes a huge difference. They're dogs to the um, Steelers this week. So, yeah. you know, who are playing well, who we are playing well. So they, they could very easily lose that one. And, and if Lamar Jackson is more towards the three than the one, um, they could be in real big trouble. I think. Well, and it, it doesn't, you know, they, they do have one game against the Falcons, but they go on the road against the Browns, who two weeks from now, who could be a lot stronger once they start clicking um, after Watson, and then they have the Steelers again. That's always going to be a tough game, and they end with the Bengals on the road. So I mean, you got to yeah, bank wins when you can. You know, and like, the Falcons aren't uh, rolling over for anybody, right? You know, they they think they're still alive for the the South, and even if they weren't, I think they'd still be playing hard. So that's not. You know, it's an easier game. They'll probably be favored, but um, not a rollover by any means. Yeah, so it's – it's you want to be – I mean, like, I, I guess I try to think of it. You want to be in the position to, like, put wins in the bank now. Um, that way, if, if something happens, you know, you don't have to rely on that on that Bengals game at the end of the year. Yep. Um, and the Bengals that, – that could be for the division. Bengals could be playing for home field advantage, you know. Like, so it's it's a – it really is. Um, it really does shift the AFC playoff picture uh, 
quite a bit, especially again, considering how close the teams are. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, swing over to, I guess, the other side, uh, over to the NFC with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt. Looks like apparently a uh, a foot injury that doesn't require surgery, so he could yes. be back potentially in the playoffs, but that would be surprising to me. Uh, obviously, Trey Lance got hurt early on the season. Jimmy Garoppolo was already the backup. They're now onto their third-string quarterback, who's Brock Purdy, who they drafted in the seventh round this year with the Mr. Irrelevant pick. Um, so the last player drafted in the draft who seemed fine, um, yeah. in, in his first, uh, in his first start, as opposed to like the Ravens offense, right? Where the Ravens offense is built around the strengths of Lamar Jackson. And without him, it's a lot less. The, the 49ers offense is a little bit more plug and play for your quarterback, um, because there's so much talent around and it's, it's a, you know, kind of a run based and quick throws based scheme. Um, I guess let's let's do this quickly. Are you buying or selling Brock Purdy uh, taking the 49ers? I mean, it seems like they'll probably make the playoffs. Well, I don't know if, yeah, they, if I, they slip down, but um, I think they're you know, they're in a safe Brock spot. Purdy time. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, listen, they. Uh, if you remember back in training camp, I think it was before. Like there was a period of time where Garoppolo was not was not signed. Is that how it worked? He was he had that surgery. Okay. He had that shoulder surgery. So he was not he was not yeah. participating. Um yeah. and all the all the like rumor or chatter out of training camp was that Brock Purdy was outplaying all the quarterbacks. Right. So yeah. I do I believe that Kyle Shanahan is capable of scheming um an offense around quarterback that is a little more limited yeah he's been doing it for years now so I, I i don't think um i don't think this is as big of a step back as um as maybe some think and yes our team's going to get better you know brock purdy whatever they say like now now he's got film and they'll be able to yeah i i do i i also think that kyle shanahan's going to be a step ahead so um i still think they make the playoffs i still think they win the west um and they're going to just rely heavily on that defense, which is really the, uh, you know, really the bread and butter of that team. Yeah, I mean, they've got the Buccaneers this week, which, you know, we saw them uh, Buccaneers against the Saints, who really only put three minutes worth of uh, points up on the board. But that was enough. Um, the rivalry game for the basically for the um, for the division against the Seahawks and yep. then the Commanders, Raiders and Cardinals, who. Um, Brock Purdy or no, they probably will be favored in all three of those final three games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think they are favorites for for the West, and that puts them probably in the three spot and gets them a game against in the playoffs against the Giants, the Seahawks, or or the Commanders. So probably be favored in that one as well. So I think they are in an okay shape. Um, number one because of the talent around him. Number two because of the coaching staff, and number three. Um, because of where the, they are positioned already, where the Ravens are a little bit more precarious, the 49ers are, um, are, are looking a little bit more set based on who's around them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't right. agree more. All right. So let's talk about, um, some of the, some of the off the field things here. So, um, 
in the news that, that came out today, that's kind of a surprising move, is that the Titans fired their general manager, um, who had been there for seven years. So, you know, a fairly long stint for, you know, anybody in the NFL, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming. The Titans are currently are, are currently leading their division, so they're in, in a playoff spot. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what can go on here. Only I will put my tea leaves together, Tim, and you can tell me whether you're you're, you're believing this. Okay. But so the you know in the off season, right, which led me to this my stealth tank right. uh, theory, uh, which was you know they traded AJ Brown for a rookie and another pick. Um, and they didn't re-sign Tannehill, so he's on the last year of his deal. They drafted Malik Willis, who definitely needed extra seasoning, um, and um, there was one other move that I was thinking of that they did, um, now that I'm completely spacing on. But okay. so those three, those three pieces, right, um, pointed to me like, hey, we're we're probably not gonna try to win too hard this year. We're going to get a draft pick and we're going to, you know, re recirculate yeah, reload. the new quarterback yeah. reload. Exactly. Not, not a rebuild, but a reload. Um, then they started winning and then, uh, you know, they played the Eagles this week and AJ Brown pretty much went crushed wild yeah. on them, crushed them in the AJ Brown revenge game, as yeah. you could probably, everybody probably guessed what was going to happen. Uh, and, you know, they looked at him and they're like, why did we trade this guy? Like, we're trying to win this year, apparently now. Yeah. And, you know, why did you trade this guy? Why are we, you know, going for the future instead of trying to win now when we have a chance? Um, and that kind of this, the stealth tank approach was not um, in incongruence with what is happening. Uh, you know, Brable wants to win. The ownership, I guess, wants to win. You know, it, it seemed maybe there was... Um, uh, GM was maybe out of step with uh, with with the rest of the team. Oh, I, I I would I would say that, and even go a step further that they must have been masking a a pretty gigantic power struggle that was going on between the GM and Vrabel, um, and maybe even maybe even or well, and and management just or you know ownership just just uh, today decided whose side or you know affirmed whose side they were on. You know, it, it. I wonder if things have been going on for longer than we have anticipated. For to us, this is out of the blue, like you said. Uh, I wonder if it is in that organization. Um, you know, so it looks like. I agree. Not everyone was on the same page. We saw that in the draft room when Vrabel got up frustrated at the news of the trade. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if this has been festering if not since that point um maybe even earlier right yeah and I, that's a good callback because i do remember that now that you mentioned that that he you know they they showed the room and he was he was looking generally unhappy with that uh and just had to take a walk uh for a few minutes uh so you know i think i don't know if this changes anything really but it was just some surprising news especially considering that i was i was thinking that they were going to um you know, not try to compete this year, but now they're in it. And, you know, just like how the Jets had to kind of uh, not necessarily sell the future for now. Right. Um, yeah. A, but a surprise, a surprising to. good year. Yeah. 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 That they, if, if you're having a good year, you kind of have to keep going with it and right. not, not give it up. 
All right. And so I guess the other other piece of news there is uh, not surprising necessarily, but kind of out of the blue is that the, the Panthers released Baker Mayfield. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, me on it. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about it was kind of the timing. Yeah. I think people were like, oh, Jimmy G got hurt. Baker must have, you know, uh, got his release so that he could go to San Francisco, um, um, which I think was was uh, you know Christian McCaffrey's worst light, nightmare probably. But. Right, that's true. <laughs> I mean that that's a little you know that's a I don't know seemed a little far fetched to me at the time, and then that kind of was uh, reinforced by the fact that the Rams claimed him on waivers. So another quarterback hungry team who really just need a guy who can uh, I don't know take a take a snap and hand it off to cam acres um for four games so um interesting maybe not but i think the maybe the bigger story is this is the kind of the ball from grace for baker mayfield obviously still on his first contract this is his fifth year uh i don't know two years ago right he took him to the playoffs took the browns uh, to pittsburgh uh so like was kind of poised to take that team to the next level they never did his fall was was quick over that year. They replaced him with Deshaun Watson, traded him to Carolina, and then he couldn't beat out PJ Walker and Sam Darnold in Carolina and was released. So, so you know, I have a question for happened you. fast. Do you think yeah. so? The the rate at which that happened is is reminding me of something um, that's happening. With Zach Wilson, do you think that there was personality issues? Like he he always did have that like sort of air of arrogance, brash, um, like com- somewhat combative nature to him. Um, do you think that rubbed teammates or people in the organization the wrong way, and is one of the reasons he's kind of fallen us fallen out of step here so quickly? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, I think, um, you know, talent wise that probably hasn't changed too much, but I think, you know, what has happened on the field can only be, can be tolerated. Um, if, so let me put it the other way. If you have a personality that rubs people the wrong way, I think what you do on the field is good it can be tolerated right yeah um but if you don't play well it very quickly can turn the other way exactly um guys get kind of you know pissed off at, mm. at seeing you know the quarterback playing bad and then you know in a progressive commercial when they're trying to exactly you know, relax and watch a movie um, <clears throat> right yeah you, you go home to you know to watch cartoons with your kids and baker mayfield is doing a book club at uh you know, at the, at the stadium, like for a commercial, right. you can't, yeah, right. it's, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't play well. Yeah. Um, yeah. similar, like, remember, I think we talked about this last year, like as Mac Jones was getting absolutely hammered in the playoff game, every commercial break was for like whatever athletic brand he's, uh, sponsoring now. It's like, this just isn't, you know, it's not in good taste. <laughs> so, um, right. and, and I don't think the commercials necessarily are the problem, but I don't think they know, help. if you're kind of a, they don't, help. they don't help if you're not playing well. And if you're kind of like, you know, a jerk to teammates and, you know, you do interviews in a jerky way, like as we talked about with 
Zach Wilson, everybody yeah. listens to those or gets sent those quotes. Right. They, what, they have you know, it on whatever. their phone immediately. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, that I think absolutely does matter. Like if he's a nice guy, uh, you know, Carolina probably keeps him around and he, <laughs> for the rest of the year, just cause you know, he's a nice guy to have on the team, but and they're paying not, him, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're paying him now to not be on the team. Right. Yeah, so exactly. All right. So anything else, I guess, uh, in the NFL, why don't we, um, go to our other things that we'll come back to our picks. Yes. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's do the world cup. Okay. Um, so, uh, in the big game, uh, in what I've been kind of calling the biggest sporting event in the past five years, yes. um, USA lost to Netherlands. Um, it was a game. It's kind of hard to, I'm trying to think of a kind of a metaphor in other sports. Um, but it was like it was gaining kinda, 500 yards of total offense and your opponent getting half of that and losing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of exactly. similar, it's right? Kinda, it's kind of similar to that. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, the, when the opportunities around, uh, you know, around, I the wrong <laughs> uh, when opportunities came up for, um, for, for the Netherlands, you know, USA didn't, uh, cover their right. player enough and, and, Netherlands did not mess around with those uh, chances. So, especially that know, one in extra time in the first half was just such a uh, just such a gut wrenching yeah. goal. Especially because you, the announcer Stuart Holden said, "You can't, you can't concede here." And then they immediately and there it was, yeah. Um, and, and that that pretty much really really hurt. I, I think you know they had they had those three chances and they just converted them. USA had you know, maybe not quite as many good chances as they did, but still had chances, didn't really convert them. I think you kind of saw the difference in in quality between the two teams just in that. Like, I think USA played well, and I think I was proud of how they played. Um, they, they weren't on the back foot just, you know, waiting and trying to defend. They were, you know, um, controlling the game a little yeah. bit, but it just never, um, never quite worked at the end there um, didn't get their chances into the goal. Um, there was one prime chance right at the beginning yeah. where uh, uh, Christian Pulisic uh, put it, you know, the goalie made a good save. Um, but still that's the chance that if you're going to win, you, can't and if miss you're the Netherlands, yeah. you put it in. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, house money, as I said, but still disappointing to lose. Um, Netherlands is a good team. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of, uh, angst about it i just uh i feel like they have a, a very young team and the the world cup's coming to the u.s in in four years so i think the focus should be should be on that and finding somebody uh, finding a, a striker to play in the middle who can score goals yeah uh, that would be that would be the the two goals for them coming into the next next four years um anything else on the usa before we i want to give you a chance to, to speak here uh no i mean i i felt the same way like you know you know a lot more about soccer than I do and it, it did seem like the United States outplayed much very similar to the game against England outplayed them had better chances and didn't have didn't have the goals to show for it yeah and I, and I think the the goals for the Netherlands were just like just a lapse for like just like a split second allow a player to get open and, and that's it you know it's just like you know, just like in the NFL, like you just 
inches, seconds, milliseconds off and, and allows a player to get free. And that's, yep. um, and, and that's what happens, you know, these kind of things happen. So, um, the razor thin, uh, difference in the world cup, especially in one game. Um, other teams that were out that are probably bigger, bigger news than the U S going sure. out was Germany going out in the group stage. Yes. Um, they promptly fired their director of football or something like that. Um, which is, is kind of what, what you do if your team massively, um, underperforms in a, in a world cup, mm-hmm. Spain also out in, in the knockout round, Yeah, Morocco they lost to Morocco in penalty kick. So that's um, pretty exciting. Morocco is the, is a big underdog there now, um, in, in the round of round of eight, I guess they call it the quarterfinals, quarterfinals so, it's not the elite yeah. eight, so to speak. Um, you know, you obviously were rooting for Germany. Any any feelings with how they did there? No, you know, I just the way when their games were scheduled, I I was unable to watch even a minute of of their games. So I was pulling for them for sure, and I know that they they ended up winning the last game that they needed to win, but just not uh, not by enough, um, and that allowed for uh, um, I believe Japan ended up going moving forward yep. from their group. So, um, yeah, when you're, when you're Germany and when you, um, have the expectations, you can't, you know, I think they get Scott that game. They lost to Japan right out of the gate. Uh, that really set them back right from the, right from the get go. So, um, yep. It sounds like it's make changes time. And yeah, I mean, like they're on their way to that. It's hard to get out of the group when you lose a game unless you win both of the other ones and by, you know, um, and and you know convincingly, so you you put yourself behind the eight ball right away, and and that that can happen. Yeah, you know? just um, and Spain lost on on penalty kicks. I mean, you know, a penalty kicks are the best and worst way to <laughs> decide at the end of a uh, of a knockout game. Um, best because they're so dramatic, and and the game ends there. There's not as much you know players are exhausted. There's no more running, um, but also it, it doesn't necessarily even really seem fair. But, you know, that's why it's the best in the world. Yeah, I, I, it's it's so thrilling and such a gut punch when when you're the on the wrong side of it. Yep, exactly. So um, what we've got left in uh, Brazil, obviously, is is the favorite right now. Yes. Um, at, at plus 175 to win the whole thing. Um, if we look at the um, the matchups, we've got Netherlands, Argentina, which would be a really good game on the ninth. Um, Croatia, Brazil, um, that Brazil is going to be a big favorite there. Uh, Portugal, Morocco, Portugal should be a big favorite there, and then England, France. Um, so obviously the, the the channel, the battle of the channel. Oh yeah, uh, there two teams that know each other pretty well. So that one should be interesting as well. Netherlands, Argentina, and England, France should be two uh, pretty uh, pretty close games. If Argentina advances and Brazil advances, this will be Brazil Argentina rivalry game in sure. the semi final of the World Cup, which would be um, outrageously like gigantic. That would be um, huge, not just in South America but everywhere. Yes, um, there was this, a story that I read that uh, the last they played in Italy in ninety. Um, in a, in a knockout round, and <laughs> allegedly, uh, one of the players after the games was like, you know, I, I think I think they must have put something 
so at one point there was a like a, a timeout and um, a player was injured or something. Okay. And when that when that happens, some players can go over to their sideline and the, the coaches will throw water bottles or whatever to them so that they can take a drink of water yes. and and get some last minute instruction. So I guess the at this time one of the Brazilian players, asked, you know, kind of asked the Argentinian bench for a, for a water bottle, and I guess. Argentina had prepared for this uh, eventuality and had uh, basically uh, drugged a water bottle and put a special cap on it so they knew which one it was and threw that to him. Um, oh boy. And and so after the game, he was like, yeah, man, they, they, they drugged me or whatever. And nobody believed him until like, you know, many years later. Diego Maradona was like, "Yeah, we had this. We had the special one. With we the had the special bottle. Wow, had, had the special bottle. Yeah, that is some kind <laughs> so, of. <laughs> so that rivalry cuts pretty deep. So that that one will be um, it'll be exciting to see if that happens. Oh man, that's funny. Um, well, so real quick, uh, though, best value pick to win. Yeah, did you have a? Well, first off, shout out to our our expert uh, Ben because he told us about Croatia. And I'm pretty yep. sure he told us about Morocco too, if I remember right. Yeah, um, Morocco he liked as well. So yeah. the, those are some big, uh, some big ones. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Ben. He he said, look out for Croatia to make noise. I know that they're the longest shot, probably because they have Brazil in this round. Yep. Um, but don't underestimate. I'm gonna say don't underestimate those guys. Uh, so I think. Um, what is it that they're at plus thirty three hundred? Um, yeah, plus plus eight hundred just to just to win against um, Brazil. Yeah, against Brazil. I guess. Let's see. Let's go to two advance plus four hundred to advance. Um, so the soccer has two different things, right? The the regular time and then the two advance. So okay, um, if you get if you tie uh, regular time and then extra time or penalty kicks. Um, it's all about who advances one side or the other side. So that, that makes it a little tricky to figure out like who's the favorite there, but, um, Croatia's yeah, four to one to advance and Brazil's minus minus 500. So, um, and 35 to one to win it all. So there, there's, there's value there. If you, uh, if you like Croatia for sure. Yes. All right. So well, who, who um, do you like, uh, as a long shot, man, as a long shot, I think, um, Brazil really isn't, uh, isn't a good number. Um, but I think if you're looking for somebody on the other side of the bracket from Brazil, um, uh, France or Portugal, um, would be, would be a good person, uh, or a good team. Portugal obviously has Morocco, their favorite there. Um, and that puts them against England or France to get to the well, final. Well, an interesting um, shakeup with them not starting, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, right? That uh, right. and then the guy that replaced him, he scored three goals. Right. Yeah. Something else. I mean, I, yeah, I think Ronaldo's getting by on, on name only, and no surprise, I guess, that it benefited them that uh, they played somebody else. Uh, so that they have a pretty good path with Morocco. No, nothing against Morocco, but you know, you'd rather play Morocco than England, for example. Um, so either France or, or Portugal, like 400 or, or 650 okay. is, is probably because you, you're on the bracket away from Brazil. You're on the bracket away from Argentina. Um, yeah. Gives you, gives you a clearer path to the final. And then you're in the final and anything happens. Yeah. Uh, I think that's absolutely right. Yep. Yep. 
All right. Uh, let's uh, let's head back to the gridiron. Okay. Um, college football. Obviously, we talk about we talked about Ohio State last week. Um, I predicted that if TCU or um, USC lost, they would plunge out of the college football championship rankings, and I was wrong on TCU. They lost in overtime to Kansas State in their championship game. They stayed in the top four. They stayed in their exact position. They didn't drop down at all. Um, it seems I, I was surprised by that personally, not having watched a lot of TCU games. Um, but it seems like I'll, I'll throw this to you. Did they get it right? What, what What's your thoughts on that? Today? So I think it would have been hard to, um, based on the fact that every other team had two losses. Um, it would have been hard to, to make an argument that TCU didn't deserve to be in it because even the things that Alabama was saying lost on the final play, um, TCU can say, yeah, we lost on the final play too. And it was a conference championship game against the number 10 team in the country. Um, whereas Alabama, you guys, uh, lost to a four loss, um, LSU team. So, you know, the, it, it, Again, it's bizarre that we're even we even have to have these like kind of comparative discussions. Um, right. I do think that they they got it right for the circumstance that that they were in, um, which is having USC not only lose but get they got. I mean, you you and I texted the the next day like that you went to sleep and it was seventeen three, and from that moment it really was just absolute domination by by Utah um all all up and down the field both sides or all three phases um so they they kind of eliminated themselves there and I guess as awkward as it is to get into the playoff having not played in your conference championship game I don't know what the, what the alternative would have been so I think with the system that we have, where there aren't automatic bids for conference championship games, which there should be, um, you know, and will, I guess, moving forward uh, when it expands, you know, it, um, this is, this is the best that they could do with the system they have. Right. And I guess that was my point that I, I wrote in the notes that, um, didn't make any sense when I said invitational, right? So it's ah, not okay. Necessarily like, what does that mean? <laughs> a, it's a, it's not necessarily a playoff because, you know, a playoff means you win, you win the SEC, you're in the playoff. You win the Big Ten, you're in the playoff, right? Um, in this case, it's an invitational where they choose which which teams get to compete. Um, and one of the things that I guess I found is interesting is that they didn't move Ohio State up above TCU. Yeah. Do you think that they did that um, to prevent a Ohio State Michigan rematch? When it had already just happened. Um, I don't. I don't think that had to do with it. Um, because I, if anything, that would just make the you know, ESPN could advertise that for a month. You know the, the every angle of a rematch and um, have uh, you know pump up the ratings for that game. I, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think that played a, a role. Just because I actually think. ESPN benefits if they do play. Um, okay. So 
I, th- I think it's hard to, I think what they were grappling with was it was hard to move someone that didn't play in their a team that didn't play in the championship game ahead of a team that did. So like that one was look at, look at their regular season records. TCU was undefeated. Ohio state had one loss hard to rank the one loss team ahead of the one that was undefeated. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Just wanted, just wanted to kind of get your perspective yep. on that. Cause that was, that was the only thing I was curious about is if, if they kind of, uh, you know, and you, you talk about that in the past where they kind of configure the rankings in a certain way, Tennessee was number one at a time um, when maybe they weren't the number one team. Yeah. Right? Um, so I guess next question, um, college football Heisman. I don't know a lot about the Heisman, um, but I do know that they have announced who's who's on the podium. Uh, is it is there a question? Is there a runaway uh, favorite here? Um, I that I don't I don't think there is. That's what's uh, if there is, it's probably Caleb Williams from USC. Uh, Lincoln Riley is very good at getting Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, so I would say the 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 like the smart pick is is for for him um you know Stetson Bennett from Georgia I think is just there on like uh on his uh his team's like uh resume essentially he's good he's also 25 did you know that Stetson the quarterback for Georgia is 25 years old I didn't I didn't know that I was talking about that with uh with some other uh group of fans who just also were astonished that yeah he was that old so he's like a man among boys is, is you know yeah. really what, what's happening there um you know there's um the i think is it uh, the uh what is the tcu quarterback's name um max duggan duggan okay so he he's in there um and cj stroud I, I think um i think those those three are are just along for the ride and it's probably caleb williams's trophy uh this time around. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're looking at the odds, he's minus twenty five hundred. Yeah. So uh that's pretty much a lock as far as uh betting odds go for for something that is um next weekend. Ne- this this Saturday, yeah. Yeah, it's still a few days away. So not like anything necessarily has leaked. Maybe it has, but you know, uh he is way way up there okay yep makes um, sense so, so he should win it out we're in line with that uh, um i guess we have we have more quick hit news for baseball hot stove do yeah you do that real quick sure yeah right. so Degrom leaves the mets goes to the rangers verlander it then gets signed by the mets so here's a question for you are the mets a better team with verlander um than Degrom? i mean both have, you know, big questions for those big contracts, you know, DeGrom with the injuries. And he's got Verlander a five-year with, contract. Verlander's got a two-year. Yeah. I mean, Verlander is much, much older. Yeah. So you would think um, that there would be a, a cliff kind of he would fall off of. And I felt like in the playoffs, he did look a little bit more Human. hittable yeah. than he has. Um, so, honestly, I would be more worried with Verlander. I just think the age thing, it just, you know, and they have Scherzer who's also up there in age as well. Um, So it's not like they have young, healthy, um, you know, 
lineup, uh, pitching lineup outside of outside of Verlander. So there's there's uh, piling risk upon risk. I think for the Mets is is really my issue there. Yeah, I think um, you know I, I didn't realize it's Degrom. I know we don't count wins as much as we used to in the past, but Degrom only had five wins this past year. Um, you know he is. I, what I'll say about Degrom is um, I think. He is the best pitcher that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Like that I can remember, you know, I guess as an adult that I can like remember, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I, like Nolan Ryan was pitching when, when we were alive, but I don't, right. no, too, too young. Um, he's, he's dominant. He just isn't on the field as often as he, if he makes 20 starts, you're happy. So Right. I think uh, I think the Mets, you know, were willing to go a certain level and and not not much further, um, because of that. And you know, Verlander's not a bad, um, what do you call it? Not a bad uh, consolation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he will be good for them, um, but I, you know, that age thing. Yeah, is really, sure. Um, it it can all fall apart quickly for for yeah. that team. Yes. Absolutely. And then uh, what do you got for the Aaron Judge sweepstakes? That looks like two offers, both nine years. Um, it looks like the Giants have outbid the Yankees by about $10 million over the course of the nine-year contract. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, um, you know, incorrectly reported that he had signed with the yes, Giants. Yes, it was. Um, and then it was retracted. John Heyman uh, pulled that uh, one back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tend to think that uh, those things are reported on actual information and are pulled back because, you know, somebody's not quite ready to to release it. Um, somebody got ahead of their skis a little bit. So I, I think it'll still get done in San Francisco for Aaron Judge. Really? I, I think that if they've been rumored for him, you know, even into the season, people were talking about, oh, yeah. you know, San Francisco's going to make a big offer. That, and that they would not get outbid. That was the yeah. that was the yep. big thing. So he is from there. Um, you know, it's uh, it sure is interesting. Um, I I think part of me still thinks he's going to come back to the Yankees. Um, there there is a little bit of an aura about. Uh, and I really think this only exists with the Yankees and no other team um, of being uh, of being a Yankee for life. Uh, you know, the Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera um, kind of thing. And there's there's more like Hall of Famers that were yet enough that Judge is a sure shot for the Hall of Fame yet. Um, but I think that I, I do think in the end he might be drawn to that storyline. Um, but... I don't know. You're right. Money talks. So uh, $10 million more is $10 million more. It doesn't matter how much you make. So um, if it, if it flipped to San Francisco, I could understand that as well. Yeah. I I think, I think it is going to be San Francisco, but you know, certainly we'll see how the hot stove shakes out. All right. right. So let's, uh, let's go to our illustrious picks, which are just absolutely terrible lately. Yeah. Uh, I went one and two. You went zero oh and three last Yikes. week. Yikes! Uh, so, well, let's forget about that. Yep, move on. So, it's in the past. Uh, Can't do anything about it. Yeah, Next. that's right. Yeah, we're we're on we're on to week fourteen. Fourteen? Are we at week fourteen? It is week fourteen. Oh yeah. 
Um, all right, give me your give me your first. All right, well, I said it before I'll, uh, in the podcast. I'll say it again. I'll put my pick where my mouth is. The Jets are not nine and a half points worse than the Bills. Um, so I'll take the Jets plus nine and a half. I do think they have a legitimate shot to win this game. Um, and if they do not, it will not be a blowout. And 10 points in the NFL is, is a blowout. So um, I'll go Jets nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in NFL, that's a lot of points, you know, especially with backdoor touchdowns and stuff like that. Even if they don't win, I think, you know, uh, staying under 10, definitely, definitely possible there. I can see that. All right. What's yours? Um, I got Cincinnati minus six. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe this is recency bias, but Cleveland didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game against Houston. Cincinnati looks like world beaters. Um, I don't. I think that they can win by a touchdown. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to take it easy on their, um, you know, a team that they're in state with um, and in their division. I don't think they're going to uh, take their foot off the gas here. They got eyes on um, even the number one yep, seed. Agreed. So um, I'm going to take them minus the six. Uh, I'm right with you. Give me those Bengals minus six yep. as well. Yep. Same, same, All same. Right. All right. So next for me then is Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus two and a half under a field yeah. goal there. Um, I think without Lamar, um, you know, I, I like Huntley, but Pittsburgh's defense is still pretty good. Maybe not as good as Denver's, um, but with Kenny Pickett coming along, uh, Baltimore's defense is pretty slow. They're not very good. Um, I, I think the Pittsburgh can win by field. Yeah, goal Pittsburgh's here. been playing better. Um, you know, we I think we said it a few weeks ago that uh, oh, why is his name slipping my mind? Coach there, uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is uh, is not finished under five hundred, and I don't think he's about to start. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they can eat this thing out to nine and eight. Yeah, they could go on a run here for sure. Absolutely, here towards the end of the season. Um, I will go Bronco hunting, and even though that didn't work out for me last week, uh, I'm going to do it again, and I'll probably do it again after that. Uh, Chiefs are minus, ooh, I saw it at nine when I did this earlier, but it looks like it's nine and a half, and that extra half point is not scaring me. So uh, I think the Chiefs need to make a statement. I understand it's a rivalry game, but the Broncos are in disarray. Um, so uh, I look to see the chiefs with a, with a big day, um, uh, against the Broncos. Yeah. And I think they're, they're also talking about seeding. They're also coming off a loss. So they're, they're not probably, I don't think going to get trapped in yeah. that game situation here. Uh, maybe if they had sailed past Cincinnati, um, I, I could see that, but not, not coming off a loss, um, they're, they're probably going to want to put their stamp on this one for sure. Um, I like that you went plus nine and a half and minus nine and a half in both. both yeah, let, let's go. A little, little variety. Yep. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to take New England minus one and a half. Ooh, I almost Arizona. picked against them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a tough game for them. You know, uh, this is this is me set, looking at the card. The card. That's what the the cool kids call the the schedule. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and saying uh, and looking at this one and saying, you know what, 
the mismatch here is in the coaches. Um, Belichick is so much better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I don't think given like this one is going to be close at the end of the game, I'm going to trust Belichick to come up with a, a solution to whatever the problem is, if it's stopping, um, stopping Arizona to seal the game or, or, uh, you know, coming up with a strategy to, to, um, to win, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, uh, Belichick over okay. Kingsbury here, given my druthers. Yeah. Um, I, I can't argue with that, um, with that logic. Okay. Are there any, um, Big games here this week that, that well, uh, I think wanted to call out. I uh, in the end, I just think it's the Jets Bills is the biggest game there. Um, and then I don't think there's anything else that's uh, I mean, Chargers, um, Dolphins is is decent. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a decent one, game. one on the outside looking in the other, trying to you know, try to stay, stay in it. Um, Lions are favored at home against the Vikings, which is an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting line. Should make sure an interesting game with a high fifty-three uh, over under. So yeah, expecting score and you know the Lions being favored here. Everybody's betting on regression from from Minnesota. At some point, they're going to lose a one score yeah. game, and they're expecting it to be this week. So I'll, I'll be interested to see. Because I probably think Minnesota might be a better team than the Lions. Lions are playing pretty well. So I thought about that one, getting the plus two and a half. But um, somebody knows something. And uh, I'm going to see how that one goes. Something seems fishy there. Um, Yeah, exactly. I I do think as as Americans, we should should do our duty and pick the Army-Navy game, which is played in your backyard. Uh, okay, Lincoln Financial yeah. Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, four okay. and seven Navy going against five and six Army. Navy is minus one and a half. Hmm. So I'm going to go with, let's see, I always enjoy the Navy offense. Yeah, they're I triple the option. Kind of, the triple option, run focused. Um, I think that is the my favorite part to watch about this game, which is, is kind of the, um, that ground based attack that is, is complex, but you know, the ball doesn't, (laughs) doesn't go far from the ground. Um, so I'm going to pick Navy in this one. Yeah. So Navy, um, Navy plays a tougher schedule, um, and played teams like Notre Dame and hung with them, uh, played Cincinnati, um, played UCF and beat them. Um, so I, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Navy here. And then just for, for fun, I saw this on, on Twitter that it's something like at the last 10 years, if you had put, um, a hundred dollars on the under in this game and just continued to do so and rolled your winnings every year, you would be a millionaire. <laughs> so over under thirty three. So yeah. Uh, so I still pretty low. Think we could we we might safely say that this could be this could be an under, but you know maybe this is the year that uh, that Navy throws a pass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think uh, 
it, it's always fun to watch this one. So I'll, I'll definitely have that on uh, in the background. And um, all right, apparently it's uh, go midshipmen. That's right. All right. Uh, anything you keeping your eye on? This week, other than, of course, the Army Navy. Um, not, I mean, nothing. Uh, the NF, you know, Army Navy, NFL, World Cup, just uh, kind of scattering about. Probably going to do some Christmas shopping, to be honest. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, let's do this. Uh, as I type it out, so I don't make sure I say it right. Yep. All right. So keep your eyes glued to your Christmas shop. <laughs> and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Well, now where where are you at in your in your holiday shopping? Do you guys get that done you know, nice and early or, or what? I, I do it in kind of waves. Like I'll I'll think ahead and do a bunch and get those delivered nice and early, and then I'll procrastinate on a bunch and, and order it at the last minute. So there's like um, I'm usually kind of a I think I'm gonna be ahead. Like I'm I'm planning on being ahead. And then I'll get some of it, but not all of it. It's usually me at like December 22nd, like frantically trying to find chocolates for stock yep. uh, on Amazon.com, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to get it delivered by Christmas. <laughs> and, and it shows up at like 5 30 on Christmas Eve by a, a very uh, generous person who works for Yep. Yeah. Um, That's usually how it goes. What about you? I, I have. I bought one thing for Christmas, so I need to start getting, getting, getting going on that. Uh, got my list here, got, you know, planning out where, where my stops need to be on Saturday, and hopefully knock a good portion of it out uh, Saturday and, and online. That's the plan. 